Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this special Thursday edition of Political Straight Talk. I am your host, the Political Superman. I am coming to you live from the foothills of the Smoky Mountains, the Cherokee Mountains, the Cherokee Mountains, Cherokee National Forest, Mount Pisgah <laughs> National Forest, and off to a corner is the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. Now, we have, oh, I forgot my trademark, the time, 901 on the East Coast, 601 on the Left Coast. For those of you out on the Left Coast listening, we love you. But we'd love you more if there was a fence in between you and Pennsylvania and uh, Arizona <laughs> and Nevada yeah. and Montana and some of those other states. Canada. People's Republic of California. A. All right. Let's talk about some things that are in the news, some things that are not in the news, and what's going to be happening. All right. First up, let's talk about them Clintons. <laughs> I am telling you, Hillary cannot win for losing. First, she loses the presidential election to somebody that, by all accounts, she shouldn't have lost to. Number two, she uh, <laughs> not only did she lose to President Trump, y'all, but she... Yeah. Not only not only did she get smacked around, smacked down, given the old heave ho by Trump, a political novice, by the way, who, according to the bookies in Las Vegas, gave him less than 4% chance of winning the presidential nod. Lion Ted, and I don't mean L-I-O-N Ted, I mean L-Y-I-N Ted, had a better chance of winning than Trump. Yeah, he did. Now, so Brazil comes out with her book. It's actually not due out until Tuesday, but she's going to come rolling out with her book. And they have posted a chapter online. Now, I don't know... How much of the chapter online that they've posted? But basically, from people that have bothered to read the Toilet Paper Gazette, known as Brazil's book, they have discovered that Hillary Clinton used her money. As many of you know, when she resigned as Secretary of State, she went on a speaking tour. And during this speaking tour, she was racking up a quarter of a million, half a million dollars for 20 minutes worth of work. Now, that's not uncommon before anybody starts running their flap about that. It's fairly common on the mashed potato circuit for big names to pull big bucks. Okay. Um, 
she used that money. She put that money in a fund, as we're finding out. She used that money to pay off the Democratic National Party's debt, and it was cons- it was considerate. She then come into the Democratic Party and put them on a shoestring budget. Okay? And in that shoestring budget, they were not able to fundraise. They were not able. There was a lot of things that they just couldn't do. And Debbie wants to be a man Schultz. <laughs> didn't have fundraising prowess to begin with. And so now you have a gutted Democratic Party that Clinton basically says, okay, I control this party. Well, of course, the party's willing to go along with it because they think she's the heir apparent to the Obama throne. Well, the American people had something to say about that. And the only thing she got was a I voted sticker. (laughs) He got the keys to the White House and she got an I voted sticker. As a matter of fact, unfortunately for her, Uh, For those of you that don't know, when you run for president and you're a serious contender or you get threats, you get a Secret Service detail. And your Secret Service detail is extensive if you're running for president, okay? It is an extensive detail. You don't have the full uh, PPD, but you do have an extensive detail. And the day after the election, at 4 p.m. the following day, those Secret Service agents broke out as quick as they could, with the exception of the four that stay with her at all times. They have four agents that guard her at all times, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's shame. The waste of money. Me, I'd like to see a oops, I ducked. But, so, yeah. keeping up with the, we're, we're going to keep up with the Hillary thing, and we're going to, go into something she said today. She was making the rounds on, on some shows yesterday and today. And one of the things that she said was that the president didn't have empathy for the people of New York. Well, I I tend to disagree. He's a New Yorker. Okay. He calls New York City home. Um, does he coddle in cotton? No, because New York City and Mayor DeCiumprio has has gutted the budget for the police and gutted the budget for anti-terrorism measures. Could anybody have stopped this? No. Okay? But wallowing in self-pity isn't the way to solve this problem. You solve this problem by going after the little bastards that terrorized this country. And you put a pair of handcuffs on him. You put him on a military C-130 airplane. You fly his ass south till you get to the sharp turn that you have to make when you're flying to avoid Cuban airspace to go to Gitmo. You land. You put a bag on his head. You carry his ass into the prison. You shut and lock the damn door. And what goes on behind closed doors at Gitmo stays behind closed doors at Gitmo. In two days, we'd know everybody that he was involved with and what they were up to. And then as we catch him, because he is not a U.S. citizen, folks, okay? Mirandize him all you want to. When he's off U.S. soil, it don't make a damn. And if they need to, they can put him on a plane, strap a parachute on his ass, and drop him over Gitmo. Oh, look what dropped out of the sky for us. How sweet. Let's go have some waterboarding. <laughs> 
But according to the anointed one, Obama, we did away with waterboarding. And he may very well have, but he ain't the commander-in-thief anymore. Donald J. Trump is the (laughs) commander-in-chief. And I got news for you. Waterboarding's back, baby. (laughs) So, waterboarding is effective. I saw it in the Bush administration. I saw it work. Okay? Which leads me to the next story. And for those of you that want a chance to jump in and chime in, you're going to get it here in just a minute. So, Hold your knickers. Hold your knickers. You're going to be fine. So, we have a story that comes out today of Reuters. Reuters put this story out. um, That the intel that's been released of Osama bin Laden's crap has backed up President George W. Bush, and let me say that again, George W. Bush backs up the claims that have been made about Iran colluding with Al-Qaeda all along. Uh-huh. Okay. And so, and I threw that in there just to clear President Bush. Uh, I don't really give a damn about what they think or what they don't, but at this point, um, I thought that needed to be out there. Also, if you look at, uh, well, you got to look at a couple of things. Puerto Rico. Okay, I'm going to move into Trump territory here. But Puerto Rico has been notified today that the president has agreed to cover 90% of the costs of rebuilding the power grid in Puerto Rico. Now, that's a 15% increase of what would normally be covered, plus they've added a lot more stuff, cut red tape. Many of y'all know you heard the other day that a company had been fired out of Puerto Rico that was handling the planning. Well, the reason they were fired is to open the door for FEMA to come in there and them to get some people on the ground faster. So uh, congratulations to President Trump. The interesting thing is I didn't see them out there touting that today. No, wait a minute. When you're doing the business of the country, you get to work. My bad. I'm sorry. You ain't got time to stand in front of a damn camera all day. You got a country to run. Maybe some people ought to tell that to Lion Ted. Okay. So, let's move on. The Walmart shooting, I'm not even going to waste no time on that bastard. Strap his balls to a pair of jumper cables, strap them to a transformer, and turn it on. <laughs> Simple enough. Okay, I'm I'm so tired of, of these people. And then the news wants to run it for days and days and days and days and days. Um, let's talk about Bergendahl. Mm-hmm. Anybody want to talk about Bergendahl? Sure. Our our hero, prisoner of war. Today, a military judge began deliberating the punishment for him. 
Um, his defense attorneys are asking for no prison time, and prosecutors want a decade. Um, I think, I think it will, I think it will become somewhere in the middle. He does, however, face up to life in prison. Uh, he pled guilty to desertion and misbehavior before the enemy for walking off his post in Afghanistan in 2009. Um, pro- prosecutors did ask for 14 years. And they asked for 14 years because of all the people that were wounded looking for this traitorous bastard. What's going to happen is Bird Dog is going to have a sex change operation while in federal prison. He's going to be <laughs> Chelsea Bird Dog. He's going to learn to speak Poshnu. And then he's going to be one of the brides of the ISIS terrorists once he gets out. So he's just waiting instead until he's released from prison with all the hormone treatments and the um, um, surgery. I was under the impression that they had stopped, that they're going to stop allowing that. So, And I know you're being funny, but... Well, he can save his stamps because... Uh, Trump will not be giving him a pardon. So. No. Maybe he can write to Obama and get a pseudo pardon. Yeah. Since Obama likes to deal with traitors. Well, I don't disagree. Always one of those. Oh my God! I think he's going to prison. Paul Eleven's worth. He's going to be out in probably twenty twenty two. And once he gets out, he's going to be touted as a national hero. By the left, yes. And he's going to be uh, Michelle Obama's running mate in twenty twenty eight. Thank God I'd probably be dead. U.S. investigators. According to the Washington Post, U.S. investigators have ID'd Russian hackers who breached the DNC. Now that's interesting. Of course I do. But they colluded with Trump to win the election, even though Hillary rigged it to be nominated. But well, if, she had, there was... if she had the yeah. money that Kennedy had and the connections, she could have bought the White House. You have to figure that somewhere in the Russian government, DNC officials were colluding with them. So it wouldn't be uncommon for a password or two to be slipped in with that government. So it wouldn't be hard to do a phishing scam if you know what the what the at least the email address is. 
And everything yeah. right now points to collusion with the Democrat Party in yeah. Russia. Yeah. Of course, they're denying that vehemently. Well, they're denying so. it because if the DNC had turned over their servers, they would have found that the FBI or whatever government agency would have found collusion with a host of other foreign governments, which under FEC rulings would have been deemed illegal. Right. So to well, destroy those servers or not allow access to government officials well, to those servers yeah. prevents those people from facing federal charges. You're right. That's where those 33,000 emails were. They were probably no, discussing no. the collusion. No, the emails were on government servers. But those government servers, well, actually, it wasn't a government server. It was a private. private. Which should have been turned over according to the Federal Records Act. Right. Well, on a private server, the Federal Records Act only covers public information. Yeah, but she had government information on her private server. Doesn't matter. And she sent, well, she sent classified. Well, she sent it to uh, uh, her lover, um, um, what's her name? Anthony Weiner's wife. Yeah, I know what people are doing with this. She was too busy with the wiener to notice, okay? Well. Oh. <clears throat> Lord, that you didn't know, even I get don't, a laugh from Trisha. I don't know why. <laughs> this, this revelation today that she stole the election... Or oh, stole the nomination. No, she didn't. Oh. Now, the DNC, and I'm sure the RNC, runs the same way, that they're not supposed to be uh, partisan. They're supposed to be bipartisan and not... Nonpartisan, because they're nonprofits. But... Well, not cave to one uh, candidate. No, listen, I'm just going to tell you right now, this was proven... Barbara, this was proven in the federal court when they tried to sue over it back over the summer. Okay, and the judge said, you know, yeah, maybe a little unethical, but the parties have the right to choose whoever they want. That's the way it is. But okay, she like bought it. Like it or not. She bought it. It wasn't that they chose. She bought it. She ain't the only one. So it's not illegal. If you want to make it illegal, fine, let's change the laws. Okay. Well, she... It was unethical, and I'm sorry. You're giving her a pass. It was unethical. I don't dispute that. You're giving her a pass again. I'm giving her a pass on this one, yes, because, listen, if the party chose to be railroaded by her, the superdelegates chose to back her, then, listen, if you want, if it was defunct, then you go into the party and you change how the party runs. That's why Debbie Watts, I want to be a man, Schultz, was fired because of these, this damn email. No, in the, she wasn't. In the, well, whatever. She wasn't fired for the emails. He's as corrupt as Hillary is. She was, excuse me? She's as corrupt as Hillary. Yes, she is. But why was she fired? I can tell you why she was fired. 
Money. She can't exactly. raise the money. She couldn't raise the money. That's right. Hillary was going to be the nominee for the Democrat Party in 2013. Those super delegates were already bought and paid for in 2013. It was just a dog and pony show with the you mean other candidates. 2012? No, I'm, I'm talking right after Obama was elected. Well, no, she was originally, she, in 2008, she knew she was going down like a hooker at a bachelor party, okay? But what they did is they ran her to give her requisite experience. Mm -hmm. Then the party itself saw that Obama was in trouble. And notice she took the Secretary of State job. The only reason she took the Secretary of State job was to stay in the public eye. Right. Okay. Well, campaign debt. If you if no, because you can't pay off campaign debt while you're in public office. No matter because here's the deal: she can't give private speeches as a campaign person. You just can't. But Bill can. What I'm Bill saying is, what I'm saying is, after Obama was reelected in 2012. The DNC got together, and that's when they had the superdelegates rule change. And they did have superdelegate rules changed to to help her. Yes, I do know that. But I'm telling you that she was originally going to run against Obama in 2012. Her numbers were higher than Obama's than at his, that time. Yeah. And then they worked out a deal behind the scenes because – Again, it's unusual for a sitting president to be to be overrun no. in a midterm. So, um, listen, well, I'm not defending he had, her. I'm he just had saying, to pay back all his Chicago people that got him elected in 2008. Well, well I understand what Fabian's saying, but what I'm trying to say is the nomination for 2016 was already done. By the yeah. end of 2013. Because they said they signed the secret deal in 2015. They signed this deal with the DNC. That was irrelevant because the, the deal was already made. Yeah, the deal was done. This this whole plan actually started in about 2007. Okay. This this whole this whole yeah. thing was 2007. Yeah, they brought that in. Yeah, they did. Okay. And anybody that plays in politics or was in Washington at the time is aware. And I'll tell you, a lot of people gave Hillary, and guys, I don't know how I've done this, but I have the largest gash all the way up my leg. Looks like I've had a surgery Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm. of my Pop leg. You right Right up. <laughs> no, I'd like to stay alive. Thank you. Um, don't bother. Um, anyway, uh, you heard Barbara's license got pulled. Yeah, I know. Yeah, excessive viewing of Kevin Spacey movies. That's it, right there. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna talk about that too. Oh, wait, wait. On that note. Um, Corey Stoutman, get him out of your closet. Uh, 
Who? Corey Feltman. <laughs> Corey Get him Feltman. out of the closet. Right. <laughs> Get him out of the closet, Barbara. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. She's been okay. she's been watching license to license to drive over and over and over. <laughs> no, um, seven, seven. The movie seven. Oh, that's such a great movie. Speaking of child pedophiles, <laughs> our former our former child pedophile um, has basically disappeared, been removed from his job, and is doing nothing but sitting at home on the internet all day. Oh really? I was going to ask you about that. More child Okay, let's change the topic. (laughs) But he can't collect unemployment for this. Nope. No, he's not been fired. He's been suspended without pay. Wow. Well, Jesus is going to judge him later. Huh? Jesus will judge him later. Oh yeah, it's good. Sort events. He's in a mess. Is, isn't he living in his mother's home? Um, no. Well, no. yes, but it's his. Anyway, okay. so anyway, let's go to Kevin Spacey because I was I was going to come around to this. So I've been a fan of Kevin Spacey for a long time. Okay, I'm talking about. And Me too. As a matter of fact, Barbara, isn't he in that movie you're watching? No. I specifically, and I admit this, I had a thing for Kevin, and I specifically went to London to see him in a play that he was doing at the Old Vic when he was on the director. And now it's come out that a lot of the actors or young actors at the Old Vic um, have said that he sexually molested, sexually harassed. I am because I am truly saddened to find out that Kevin Spacey is a me too. Chomo. Me too. Yeah. I mean, we, I, I knew he was gay. I knew he so was gay. Everybody, everybody that's met him knew he was gay. It's just because he's so damn short. I think that's his problem. Anyway, so the bigger <laughs> question at hand here is, okay, so we have Weinstein keeping his, you know, he can't keep his pecker in his pants. Did you see how much his movies have grossed over the past few weeks, though? Big mm-hmm. bucks. Yeah. He got some deep pockets. Okay, so... You've got the Weinstein accusations on that. Well, let's even go back further than that. I think it starts with Bill Cosby. Right. Bill Cosby <laughs> goes further than that. Kind of opens the floodgates. It goes back to Perry Mason. Really? Who? Raymond, Raymond Burke? Burke? It, goes, it goes all the way back to Raymond Burke. So Raymond Burke was, he was homosexual. He was closeted homosexual. He was, but everybody oh. knew that. Everybody knew he was gay. Oh yeah, he was he was gay as all get out. He had a he lived with his boyfriend since the sixties and it didn't come public in Hollywood until the late seventies. But we're talking Perry Mason here. Yes, Raymond Burr. Oh my gosh. 
Wow. If you've ever watched any of the Perry Mason movies and the the one of the the several of the last ones he did, notice it never shows him standing up. The reason it doesn't is because he's in a wheelchair from complication of AIDS. Oh my God! I knew he was in oh. a wheelchair. Yeah, he's a Peter Puffer. Oh my God! Wow. So well, it really you have that culture of Hollywood that But he was never accused of sexual harassment though. No, no but he, there is a hidden culture what is it Mamla? Man boy love, whatever it is. Yeah. And it's been around for decades now. And yeah, when you realize that when you realize that the sex laws in this country are about 120 years old. Right. And it was to protect minors. But you mm-hmm. still have those people who real, who think that, well, a thousand years ago, it didn't matter what age you were, as long as one was consenting. So you have those well, movements. And that was one of the arguments of the gay rights movement. That once the gay rights movement was successful, you can go into pedophilia or bestiality or any of these. Well, other they are trying to go after. Weird. They are trying to go after pedophilia and bestiality for sure. And sister wives, that group's already filed in court for mm-hmm. polygamy now that gay marriage is legal. Yeah. But I mean, you can actually go back to Judy Garland's time because I was reading her life story and she was sexually molested by top producers, even Sam Goldwyn of MGM. So you can take this back to 1930s. Well, we're kind of getting off the the beaten path of where I wanted to go with this. So here was my thing. And and we'll bring it back to Weinstein because he's the most current. Obviously, all these people started coming forward on him. Now we've got people coming forward on Kevin Spacey. We've got people coming forward. Uh, Corey Feldman named his uh, one of his abusers today. Um, we've got the publicist in Nashville that now has been named, and most of his clients dropped him like a hot potato. Mm-hmm. Um. Remember a couple of months ago when I was looking into the music industry and I said I was told to back the hell off? Mm. Yeah. This is just a few of what's going to come out. But here's my question, and, and this is the point I'm trying to make. Do we really listen to these accusations at this point? And... Should there be repercussions for this since they've waited 20, 30, 40 years to come out about this crap? Now, before we go forward with this discussion, let me say this. No woman, no man, no boy, no girl should ever be sexually abused in any way, shape, fashion, or form. Okay. But... Do we see these people piling on the Weinsteins and the publicists and the others because they have money and they see it as a way to, well, I'm going to get mine? I thought that. 
I mean, look at look at this. You got Bill O'Reilly. You have Roger Ailes. You've got uh, the guy at Amazon. The guy at PBS. I mean, there's just a whole trail of people that are being forced to step down, and most likely this is a money game. There's not going to be much of a criminal game. Um, there's a couple criminal charges that may stem in the Weinstein case. Um, doubt it, though, because there's a whole lot of money at play here. But what say you guys? And and you two are ladies, and Mark, I think he's a closet lady. So why don't the three ladies on the call go ahead and talk about it? Wait, you didn't think about it like big corporations. Your big corporations, they have hundreds of stores or thousands of stores nationwide. If someone decides to trip and fall, why risk the publicity and just sell out of court? The people who are in question have many millions of dollars, and they've had to sell out of court in the face of criminal trial, I mean, a civil trial. And ruin their reputation. Well, Weinstein's reputation is gone. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it's it's nothing but hearsay. There's no evidence. And now he'll a, he'll come back trial, under an LLC. He'll come back under an LLC. You know, having somebody else run his business, so yeah. he'll make money. Plus, he gets residuals off of movies that are out there. Now, but when from what I understand, the versus the criminal. The, the, the criminal is with, without a reasonable doubt. The civil is pretty much 50 plus 1. That's it, Where 50 plus you, 1. You're right. If, so why not settle this? So if Harvey Weinstein wanted to shell out a few million dollars to shut people up, much like many corporations do, then why not do it? Same thing with Cosby. If Cosby wanted to make it all go away, just throw some money their way. Well, with Cosby, it ain't the it ain't the person going after him as much as the DA. How did that yeah, second trial ever go out? Too. Does anybody know how that second trial ever played out? I think it was. Hung. <laughs> I think the jury was hung. The first trial was, but what about the second one? <laughs> I heard nothing else about that, so I'm guessing it was hung as well. Bill or even trial. You know, well, again, he's that old with little proof. You he's have another the one. Of reasonable doubt. That's why most prosecutors will not touch a case where it's nearing the um, um, the limitations of that prosecution. Well, I think well, in the Cosby case, in Cosby I, case, I, that prosecutor wanted to make a name for themselves, and the statue is nearly up, and they're trying it, but it's nothing more than hearsay. That's why I think these victims are better off in the civil courtrooms instead of the criminal courtrooms. Well, it depends on too if if the DA or whoever uh, now you got. England involved with Kevin Spacey and Harvey Weinstein if they're going to bring charges. You know, so I know Kevin, he was up for a special Emmy next month. They stripped him. 
they stripped him of that. And I wouldn't be surprised if the queen didn't come back and strip him of his honorary knighthood because of this. Wait, so, he was never honorary knighted because he's not a British citizen. Yes, he well, is. Well, yes, he is. He, yeah, he, he is. is an honorary knight. He is knighted. Yes, yeah. he is. Oh, yeah, I know that. 2015. Okay, yes, um, he is. Oh, yeah, he's going to be stripped. He's going to be stripped faster than a priest's robe at an altar boy <laughs> convention. <laughs> it's such a shame because I was just talking to my girlfriend in England, and we were. I hope she called that, you. No, it's on Messenger, and we were saying that it's such a shame because he's such a brilliant actor. That, he is a brilliant you know, actor. Yeah. And everything he does is so outstanding that this, he threw it all away for what? You know, I understand he's going for rehab. Now, I hope he does, um, you know, because right now his career is over. <laughs> he won't be getting any movie roles anytime soon. Have have we heard from Jodie Foster in the last five years? Well, I know she's gay. Yeah, she came out five years ago and... Which is incredibly sad because I had such a thing for her back in the day. Yeah, so did I. But you've heard nothing from her since then. No, she's, listen, she's living the domesticated life. Her and her wife is enjoying quiet, tranquil evening together, determine who's going to put on the old strap-on. All right. Anyway. She's she's another brilliant actress. I mean, just, you know. Agent Clarice Darling. Yeah, that was just on the other night, too. Clarice. Anyway, so... Let's get off of this whole sex business with these gay ass. I will sum up this subject by saying this. <laughs> I enjoy listening to Queen. I think Queen is one of the best rock bands of the last 40 years. I don't care where Freddie Mercury went to bed at night. I like to listen to We Are the Champions. No, Even come on. Boo. I'm serious. I enjoy Queen. I've always liked Queen. I think well, they're one of the best bands ever. Queen for a queen, I, I guess. Okay. I don't subscribe to their their life, but you know, it was great. I'm starting to think that Mark and Chelsea have become friends. <laughs> I don't know anyone named Chelsea. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Okay. Well, I so, like listening to Elton John. I, I like Elton John. I can't. I can't uh, deny that. As a matter of fact, my dad says, and I do have to point out that if you're sensitive ears, you may want to turn out for just a moment. But my father says that the reason Elton John can sing so well is he keeps his throat stretched. I agree. <laughs> the same thing with Freddie Mercury. 
You're going to get those high notes because yeah, you've done some well done exercises. And, and believe it or not, Tammy is the one that taught him how to do it. Oh, okay. Uh, she, she has a book. Talk, who's going to do what? It's called... It's called Tammy's Tonguing and Lashings. <laughs> I wouldn't tolerate that. I thought it was called Tammy's Throat Exercises for Dummies. <laughs> Tammy and Chelsea's Tongue Lashings. What do you got? Anyway. <laughs> Pear. Chelsea is in Chelsea Manning. Yeah. Anyway. Well, now I gotta say he was probably a cuter boy than a, a cuter girl than a cute and then a boy. Just remember. Well, cute boy. Peter right. Piper picked a pair of pickled peppers. How many pickled peppers did Peter Piper pick? All right, moving yeah, on. Yeah, he's trying to say that fast, real fast, three times. Be careful, because before you know it, Barbara will have 50 pickled peckers with batteries. So. <laughs> this program is brought to you today by Adam and Eve, adamandeve.com. <laughs> and by the Energizer Buddy, we keep coming. you definitely picked a hell of a time to come in. I guess I did Order. You have to order item four four fifty to get a fifty percent discount. <laughs> What's that candy Burris is uh, naughty by na- naughty by nature naughty? What is it that she sells them on there? Oh, candy Burris. She was in. Yeah. You know who I'm talking about? A lot of yeah. It's just a little crush. Anyway, okay, so. Let's move on from sex scandals now that Tammy's on here, and let's talk about something that interests Tammy. That just has oh, Tammy. That that Tammy is just all worked up about in the world today, and that is Me? the proposed Indian takeover of the United States. The reservations. <laughs> they can't even run their own damn casinos. Give me a freaking break. The reservations have called for a major powwow in Oklahoma to discuss. (laughs) They're going to all come together to discuss the taking back of lands in Oklahoma, North Carolina, and Tennessee. Oh, my God. As well as the same time as a white guy at the blackjack table waiting for his scotch and coke. And he has (laughs) he's showing 13 and the dealer's drawing one. It'd be like squirrel. Aren't anyway. they getting money? Aren't they getting money from those casinos? They do. Well, it depends on which ones. See, Tammy, Tammy could not. Tammy couldn't pass for engine, so she did one. <laughs> then she found out that she wasn't getting any money, so she got rid of his ass. Yeah, we could got we could have gone back to the reservation and lived for free. He could have adopted Eli. He could have gone to college for free. We could have gotten a lot of stuff for free, but you got to go back to North or South Dakota, which is where he's from. But the only reservations that I'm aware of that make money, now you know they all should make money, 
or the casinos, they all should make money because the house is favored, are the ones that are up on the border of Canada. I don't know what happened to the rest of them. They got hit by a dumb stick or something. But most of the people, if they're successful, are ran by white men. Because the Indians can't stay away from the fire water long enough That's to run a casino. Cherokee. Cherokee, North Carolina. We went up there twice to Harris. Never heard of you it. Tell, you never you heard never of heard it. of the one in North Carolina, Fabian? Cherokee, North Carolina. It's just really, across the border. I live like 25 minutes from there, and you think I've never heard of Harris Cherokee Casino? Well, you Come just on. said you never heard of it, so. I was being facetious. <laughs> As a matter of fact, we go to the Christmas parade in Cherokee because, listen, the Christmas parade on the reservation is so cool. It's so laid back, and the kids walk out in the dang street, and everybody's giving them candy. It's a cool parade. We've been going now for about five years. Yeah, I love it. Oh, that damn casino. <laughs> it's a, it's a lot of fun. I don't, you know, I've been in the casino once. I normally, I, I I mostly go up there to eat at Paula Dean's restaurant. She got a really great restaurant Yo. there. Woo. Is it still open? Well, yeah. Well, that casino doesn't make any money because they don't accept any twenty dollar bills. All of her restaurants are still open. They, you know, when uh-huh, they pull. The one in Tunica is not. Well, she closed it. But the ones that that were going to be done because she said something forty years ago has yeah. has recovered. Anyway, so here's the you know let, let's round out the politics of it, and then I'm going to end the program with a monologue about something that's been brought up to me this week, and I want to address it. But first things first. In the political realm, you've got political strategists and political hacks and people that that work politics like me that want no part of the political scene. None. And the reason we don't is because of there's no there's no middle ground there. There's no used to you stop arguing at five o'clock, you go hang out. Now it's not done that way. And the old school people, like me, that's just not how we want to do business. Even with the Democrats, back then, you could do business with them. And now you're not in a position that that you can. And, And a lot of us don't want any part of that. And as a result, you have a lot of people going up there that, number one, aren't qualified to be there. Okay, that's number one. Number two... They're not only not qualified to be there, but they don't have the respect for the institutions. And when I say institution, I don't mean the bureaucracy within that institution. But they don't have the same respect for the White House or the same respect for the Capitol or the same respect for the Supremes. You know, they just don't have that respect. They don't have that awe when they turn on North Capitol Street in the middle of the night and lit up there is the dome of the Capitol and realize that, that that's where it is. Yeah. They don't have that awe and wonderment when they stand in front of the Vietnam Memorial Wall or the World War II Wall or, my favorite, the Lincoln Memorial. Yeah. My, just, I watched 
I watched Mr. Smith go to Washington last night with Jimmy Stewart. And my mother used to say they should show that movie every single day in the conference in the Senate. Well, I'm going to tell you. Well, one thing people, a lot of people didn't know about Jimmy Stewart is he stuttered real bad. Yeah. And when he was campaigning for Ronald Reagan in 1980, uh, Mike Deaver tells a story about he's on a tarmac and the wind picked up and his toupee come loose. And he, and he told President Reagan, or Governor Reagan at the time, he said, if we do this again, I'm going to have to get more tax. But he did it in his stutter speech. And anyway, that's when there was class. Even during mm-hmm. the Bush administration, the Democrats, listen, we'd fight like cats and dogs from 8 to 5. Okay? Well, whenever the president went to the Oval, when we started fighting. But the president always left the Oval at 5, and, and most of us were, were you know, done at, at 5. Um, it was over. You could go sit at Louie's, and you can go sit at Tubby's, and, and the Waldorf, and all these other places, and enjoy each other's company without talking politics. And sometimes you did talk politics. And you know what? A lot of things that got done were discussed over drinks, having a dinner. Mm-hmm. And that respect was there. And then when Obama came to town, it it changed. It changed because the Democratic Party moved to the so far to the left that they didn't have the respect for the institutions of the United States anymore. And when you hear people disrespecting the flag or see them disrespecting the flag, that isn't something that Colin Kaepernick started last year. No. No. He was just the first one to have the balls to start doing it publicly. Yeah, he popped a bubble. Okay, and it's not okay to disrespect the flag. It is not okay to be a colossal ass. It is not okay. Matter of fact, I have on my desk a flag. It's a battery-powered little flag that waves that somebody bought me for Christmas that plays the national anthem and my country, tis of thee. And I'm going to tell you, of all the gifts I've ever received, I think that was the greatest gift. And I'll tell you why I consider that to be my greatest gift. Because everybody that knows me knows I like two things. The volunteers of Tennessee, and I'm as patriotic as they come. Yes. And somebody took, you know, when they were gift-looking for me, they thought that I would like that, and they're correct. So um, let me thank everybody for tuning in. For those of you that are tuned in for political stuff, this is kind of where it ends. I'll, I'll give everybody a chance to say their piece uh, before I go into my final monologue. So, Tammy, you got anything to add? Uh, uh, maybe. <laughs> um, can I tell some breaking news from Rutherford County? Yeah. Well, evidently, one of the school teachers on her school email invited the school board and the administrator to tour the mosque yesterday afternoon. Somebody got wind of it and called James Evans, and James Evans lied like a rug and uh, said uh, he didn't know anything about it. And uh, Mr. Aaron Holliday was actually the only school board member that went but said that he did not go on um, in a school board capacity. 
although the email was sent to his school board email. So, and he also outed the teacher from David Urey who did it. So there's liable to be some, some going on tomorrow. <laughs> wow. That's funny. So if uh, those of y'all who have kids in school, they're trying to infiltrate the school board so they can take them out on the school trips to the uh, mosque. And any of y'all know who Kathy Hiners is? She had a parent that wore a wire into the mosque in Davidson County, and they are proselytizing the children on the public school bus trips. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And if you don't have a problem with that, then you need to get some smelling salts or something because you aren't right. Smelling salt. Wow. All right, Mark. Mark. I will say that I'm a grown man, and when I hear the national anthem, Song, I get teary-eyed, and I also do the same when I hear we would sing proud to be an American. And as far as what you said, Tammy, if the parents would take control of their children and teach them that whatever cultures you learn outside of ours or theirs, embrace it, but don't learn from it. Because learning begins at home. Education begins at home. Teaching should be done by the parents first and the teachers second. And if you learn reading, writing, writing, and arithmetic from your teacher, that's great. But as far as wholesome values that you're going to need for the rest of your life, that starts at home. So we can argue about teachers bringing their kids to mosque. But if you don't have a strong sense of Christianity at the home, you're losing your children. Mark, you're, you're missing the point. You're missing my point. They wouldn't dare take anybody to a synagogue or go to a mosque or go to a Christian church. Well, it doesn't matter. Because it does. I have I learned about other cultures. I learned about Muslims. I learned about Jews. I learned about a host of different other religions. But I still have my Christian values. Mark, when you're when you're grown, when you're grown and you're not at at the hands of a public school, you're not in a captive audience. They have no business taking any school, any kids in public schools anywhere else. Take them to a zoo. Take them to a museum. But they have no business taking them to a religious institution, much less right. a mosque. Right. Can I get an amen? Amen. 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 Okay. If you want to go to college and you want to study Islam or Buddhism or whatever, that's fine because you're grown. But the children are impressionable individuals. And you are correct, because if you're going to scream and holler about the separation of church and state when it comes to Christianity, well, oh, need to scream and holler. One to do that. Need to holler about separation of church and state when it comes to the raghead wearing, 
non-bacon eating. See, the fact they don't eat bacon makes them evil in the first place. Right. <laughs> Seriously. Who the heck don't and, like bacon? And That's you right. use your work email to proselytize. Now that's what's gonna that's what's gonna nail them both. Yeah. If they if she used her school email and he and obviously she he used did her on school email. She used her school email. Well, then they're both in the world of And it went to his school board email. I tell you what they need wow. to do. What they need to do is they just need to when it's time to take that trip the Christians and the Jews and the Jehovah's Witnesses and the uh, Mormons in their special garments, got to make sure they're ironed ready, uh, should show up in the parking lot and set up little booths and be waiting. That's it. Hey, I, I tried to get an invitation, but, but, but didn't. Just I bring a bag of bacon beef jerky. That's my school snack for this moss trip. Bacon beef jerky. <laughs> <laughs> How about some kibasa, Mark? How about some kibasa? How about some kibasa? Yeah, okay. All right, so we're going to move on to the... Muffaletta. And okay. look, Mark, absolutely, when kids are of age and they're in college or they're grown and they're not in public school, absolutely. Hey, Jill. Go and look at Jill. all Jill. Settle down, okay? Settle <laughs> down, Jill. Ah. <laughs> Ted Cruz would not accept that. You know that. Ted Cruz would not allow that. We've already talked about oh, lying, Ted, today. Okay. I, I'm gonna call hey, him. I'm gonna call him. You, right have now. you know he would not allow that. Of Christianity. I know Ted. I know you Ted. Do not personally. have any doubt that you will remain a Christian for the rest of your life. I know Ted. At home. He would not go for this at all. I worked on Ted Cruz's campaign. He would be furious. Cruz Cruz. Cruz Cruz. Cruz. I can't believe you talked about lying Ted before I was on here. (laughs) In the jungle, the mighty jungle, lying Ted's bibbing tonight. In the jungle, the mighty jungle, Lion Ted is having another affair. A weem away, a weem away, a weem away, a weem away. Okay, anyway. so Is he a sex addict for sure? Well, I'm starting to think so, but with a face that looks like, oh, uh, what's his name, Munster, I guess, you know. Herman Munster? No. No, he ain't Herman. He Grandpa Munster. (laughs) Maybe he got a swan. I don't want to But I do hear Did you just wait, Mark? On batteries. Excuse me. As did you Barbara. just say, Tammy, what did you say? <laughs> Maybe he has a schlong like Trump says. He's going to schlong him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Herman, Herman Munster was John Kerry. So, if you recall. Heidi no. Cruz buys the same batteries and has the same truck as Barbara. What? We'll just go with that. <laughs> what? Did y'all see the Kardashians throw out the first balls? Throw out the balls? 
Oh, I'm well, it, was, it was one of Bruce Jenner's. Mark, Mark, I'm taking you off my Christmas card. Mark, I'm taking you off my Christmas card. Okay, oh, so the Jenner's have... They held white balls for the first time. <laughs> it was Bruce wow. Jenner's balls. Oh, oh my gosh. I did have one remark I wanted to make about this weekend coming up. That there is a November 4th is supposed to be we're not going to take it anymore. No fascism. Dot org. They're going to demand the impeachment of President Trump. Okay. This, this is happening. Those people are fascists. This is a real thing, and it's happening across America. Okay. And all the sanctuary cities. <laughs> well, those people are fascists. I don't know what they hope to gain by it, but, you know, just on their demand alone, President Trump will not be impeached. So I think they're wasting their time. I do think the drums of impeachment have started, though. Yeah, I've already posted something earlier today. And I'm not talking about just a few people running their flapper. They have, they, well, they did a polling and I don't know who, I don't know who did it, but somebody polled the cabinet, the president's cabinet and a couple of votes and they've got it. Oh, get out of town. Yeah. As I told, as I told somebody either yesterday or today. You're going to see an, CNN, Rachel Maddow. Yes. You're going to see an increase in polling, and they're going to focus on red states. Okay, and if his numbers drop below fifty percent in those red states, they're going to go after him. On what grounds? Oh, they have funny. no grounds. Well, that's actually not true. They do have some grounds. It would be flimsy like, at best right now, but they do have some grounds. So. Like what? I'm not going to entertain that conversation tonight. Okay, any other comments before we go to the final monologue? Trisha, you're up. Well, my comment is also about the national anthem, the flag, and the pledge. The only thing I've never understood is how they make our national anthem out to sing to a Mexican. I have no idea, but I can't listen to it or say it without starting to cry. Oh, Jose, can you see the border wall right in front of me? If you cross it, you'll get food stamps and insurance free. And your family can come. Never mind. Anyway. <laughs> Bless me. <laughs> if, I had a few, if I had a few minutes to figure that one out, that'd be a great one. 
Okay, go ahead. Trish has got that in mind. No, well, you know he didn't. What I was saying is, to this day, and ever since I can remember, I have not been able to say <laughs> or sing the national anthem without starting to cry. The tamales disappear in thin air. The burritos, we don't care. They gave us our burn through the night. And our toilet was still there. Burning oh. hell. That's just me. Say what? I said that's just me. Yes. But if you can't, if you can't laugh at yourself and have a good time, then you're a stick in the mud. Okay. <laughs> Having said that. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, for those of you that stick around for Ragataga, or not Ragtag, moops, my bad. Political Straight Talk After Dark will be here. But first, I got asked a question early the other morning, and I gave it some thought and kind of put it in the back of my mind and got brought up again today. So I want to address it. And I was asked by someone if a, if, if you've religiously attended a church for quite some time, and and you've been missing from that church for a month, and nobody's reached out to say, "Hey, how are you? How you doing?" Is that how a church is supposed to be? No. And this isn't the part where I ask for comments. Thank you. <laughs> and so, <laughs> what part of monologue didn't you hear, Tammy? Uh, so I got to thinking about that, and. Got to thinking about some churches that I've attended, churches that I've pastored, churches that that I've uh, spoke at as a guest, and there's one thing that that rings true about all of them, and it is that they become a a family, a knit family. And in any church that I have been a part of that has grown and flourished, they have done that very thing. Go visit people in the hospital. If somebody's been out of church a couple of weeks, you uh, give them a call, go knock on their door. You know, hey, is there something we can do to help? Then on the other hand, there's churches that are there, and they're worried about what's going to be in the offering plate. And they're worried about the color of the carpet in the sanctuary or the color of the covers on the seats. And so... I advise people that if you're going to a church where it feels like they're going through the motions, you show up, you sing a little bit, you pass the plates, you pray, you hear a preaching, you pray a little bit more, sing maybe a dismissal hymn when you're out the door, and you don't feel like you're getting what fellowship you're supposed to get, God's saying kick rocks. Don't be afraid to kick rocks. Go where your spiritual well-being is going to be, where you're going to be fed, where you're going to be fed in the Word. And if you walk into a church and you feel like, you know what, they don't want me here, the truth is they probably don't. But on the flip side of that, the Spirit's probably not there either. Give you all an example, I went to a Seventh-day Adventist church in Murfreesboro. And 
we were visiting and, and got there kind of right as the festivities, as it were, were beginning. And <clears throat> we sat in the very back, and the boys and I just kind of sat there. And, and in uh, a lot of churches, they do a kind of a meet and greet. Everybody get up, shake each other's hands, yada, yada, yada. This church had about 150, 200 people in there. And I happened to notice that uh, not one person come to speak to us. Not one. Not the people sitting beside us. Not the people directly in front of us. Not even a turnaround high, fare thee well. So the service goes through, and, and I got the distinct impression that they literally were going through the motions. And after the service, uh, generally in the Seventh-day Adventist church, what happens is the pastor comes back. A lot of churches do this. Baptists do this. Uh, Methodists, they're probably getting a drink from their flask first, but and along with the Presbyterians, but they'll get there. And they catch you as you're going out the door. No. Not a word. Not a high. Not a bye. Not a fairly well. So... To those that are concerned about your church, if you don't feel like you're supposed to be there and you don't feel like that is your home away from home and you don't feel like that you can cast your cares on your family, your church family, yes, God, they're not your family. Yes. Ooh, what a word. Preach, Pastor. Preach. How you doing, Texas? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I, I, I came in on the best time. It's just, you you saying some true words, preach the gospel. Well, Thursday nights generally is a Bible study that we do on a different channel. We're just kind of changing it around a little bit tonight. Um, for yeah, those of you... I had no idea that you were a pastor. That is, that's great. I'm the pistol-packing, politicking preacher. Whatever! <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey. Hey, somebody's got to use the pull pit to pull the pull the ball out of hell. Everybody well, act like they they just ready to go. Well, yeah, they're ready different. to go, all right. So, <laughs> for those of you that are, and let me finish the recording, and then we'll we'll kind of free it up. But uh, for those of you, by the way, that do want to participate in that, Deliverance by Grace Ministries does do a podcast um, Thursday nights, nine p.m. Eastern. At one four two double oh seven. One four two double oh seven. Our next series that we're gonna be starting on, uh we're not gonna start it over the holidays. We're just gonna do some topical sermons uh from now to the first of the year. But at the first of the year in January, February, and March, we will be tackling Revelation in a sermon series. And uh, Amen. that's a great great place to start. It's a very enlightening it's a very enlightening series. You'll learn a lot. Um, the series comes from uh, several different places. Some of it I've, some of it I've written. About a third of it I've written. A third of it comes from studies of John Hagee, and another third comes from different uh, different places over the years. And we're going to combine them together, and we're going to talk about seven, seven, and seven. How John yes. led into how John led into what he saw, why he saw what he did, and why he described it the way he did. Uh, We'll also be referencing back to the book of Daniel quite a bit, so you're going to learn about Daniel, 
and how Daniel predicted the airplane. He predicted the radio. And how John saw the final battle between Israel and her allies and Russia and her allies. Is this where we also name Obama as the Antichrist? Obama is not, was not, and shall not be the Antichrist. Although, the Antichrist, because the Antichrist is in every generation, has been since the beginning of time. Because Satan does not know the day nor the hour, so he has to have the Antichrist there at all times. So, it's, uh, but the Antichrist most likely is going to rise out of the European Union and in that area. Most people incorrectly think it's going to be the Middle East. It's not. It'll arrive up out. It'll rise up out of the European Union. I've heard some say that the United Nations will be the culmination of the one world government. Again, it won't. The United Nations won't exist when this happens. Um, the European Union and that area appears to be where everything will consolidate. Um, there is some debate over that. There's no specific answer to that. But that's okay. Um, there are specific answers in the book of Revelation that can't be disputed. And we're going to talk about those. And we're going to, we're going to throw some theory in there using some uh, theological studies that come from a, a lot of learned individuals. Can I ask you a question? Sure. How can you say that Obama was not the Antichrist with all that he believed, tried to do, and what he is continuing to do with the country. Well, it's very I mean, simple. Was, because, number one, the Antichrist, when he rises, will rally all nations together. He will be seen as a prophet, and he will be liked by most people. Obama was a very divisive figure. Okay, He didn't rescue... the. In order for the Antichrist to rise, okay, the first thing that has to happen is the world economy must collapse. And he tried. The world economy has not collapsed yet. Greece has collapsed, but they're recovering. And when I say the world economy has to collapse, we're talking all around the world. Monetary, monetary funds will fail. Individual countries' currencies will fail. And then what will happen is the Antichrist will rise up, and he will begin to, bit by bit, piece by piece. And it won't all happen at once. You'll have consolidations in certain areas, okay? And certain governments will consolidate, and then everybody's going to go to a currency, okay? Then it's going to go to, okay, well, we're going to consolidate power here, and then it's all going to be done in increments, okay? Yep. Is Obama yep. the Antichrist? No. He is not. No, no, he is not. Okay, the Antichrist. The Antichrist will not be an American, most likely. Can't say that for a hundred percent fact. But when the Antichrist arises, America will not exist. He was very unChristian. The anti the Antichrist will come across as Christian. It won't. He's it not, won't. He was never a Christian. He wasn't an American. He was not a U.S. citizen. I don't care what no, the U.S. Congress that's not the dis- That's not the discussion that we're having. Okay? The Amen. point being... Amen. That would require the start of a whole other show. Yeah. 
about you're, two or three. Let, let, me, let me end the recording. We want to thank everybody for tuning in to Political Straight Talk. Remember, you've got to stand for something. You'll fall for anything. Freedom isn't free. Thank a soldier for without them. We wouldn't be able to do what we do. Thank the family of the soldiers for without them. We wouldn't have an all-volunteer army. On behalf of Political Straight Talk, I am the political superman saying have a good night, everybody. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.